Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to my podcast. Today I want to talk to you guys about the special connection between the Black Lives Matter movement and Michael Jackson, specifically his song, They Don't Care About Us. With me is uh, a guest, uh, Monif Parikh. Hi Monif, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> so, going into the movement, uh, Black Lives Matter is a movement that tries to bring awareness that African Americans rank last in every social, economic, and political measure. And a misconception of this movement is that it tries to convey no one else's life matters. However, this isn't, this is far from the truth. Claiming all lives matter serves a protest to the Black Lives Matter protest. Making this claim sends the message that you're refusing to acknowledge that there is a real problem in our society that needs to be fixed. Uh, is that what you've kind of also experienced, one of? <clears throat> yeah, uh, there is a lot of controversy between All Lives Matter and uh, Black Lives Matter. And, uh, uh, can you repeat the fuck? Repeat. Like, do you, like, agree, like, um, that's, um, that's one, um, have you experienced that, that people get offended when they hear All Lives Matter because they feel like, you know, they're trying to... Yeah, yeah, that they feel as though it's protest to Black Lives Matter, even though that, like, they, yeah, 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 I have experienced that. Yeah, so I, and I think we've all experienced that, and... I mean, a common form of uh, protest for this movement is shutting down freeways, restaurants in wide upscale neighborhoods, and etc. And basically, these uh, actions they negatively impact the economy and they impact the rhythm of everyday life. I- I'm not sure if you remember, but in Charlotte, there were a lot of Black Lives Matter protesters who I think um, they uh, they uh. They completely shut down um, the roads in yeah. uptown Charlotte, yeah. and it was on the news. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the National Guard came into Charlotte, and uh, I was doing a, a tailgate cleanup mm-hmm. after the Panthers game, and I saw, like, not a tank, but a beefy vehicle, like, just driving down the street, and, like, a few of them, like, in a line. It was crazy. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, this movement really gains a lot of attention from the media, and I mean, that's one reason they've been so successful. I mean, we have all know about the movement due to these protests and the attention that comes with it. And, and you know, for the audience members who don't know how this movement emerged, it emerged in 2013. It was created in response to the murders of Travion Martin and Michael Brown. Uh, these teenagers were unarmed when they were shot by police officers and... This movement is trying to bring many issues to light in our society, and they're trying to encourage further investment into the African-American community. So, one fact is that mass incarceration of African-American men is at an extremely um, large, um, it's, it's extremely high. In fact, black males are incarcerated at a rate six times higher than white males. And what's even more bothering of, um, and what's even more worrisome of that statistic is that for-profit prisons profit from their tr- this trend. There are third-profit companies that get paid a monthly rate for each prisoner they have from the government. So it's hard not to believe there is no hidden racist agenda from the government 
with this arrangement and the fact that blacks in America are incarcerated at a significantly higher rate than their white counterparts is not a coincidence. It stems from disadvantages in academic development that they face from a young age. Uh, yeah, what do you think of this, Mahana? <clears throat> yeah, this is systematic racism for African Americans has been a long-standing issue. Uh, even back to the 80s when they had uh, it was a uh, it was a three strike law. It was basically saying that 500 grams of powdered cocaine was equivalent to I'm um, I'm not sure if it was five grams of crack cocaine or if it was 50 grams of crack cocaine, but powdered cocaine was more heavily associated with rich white users, while crack cocaine was more heavily associated with poor neighborhoods where African Americans lived, and the thing is, is that powdered cocaine and crack cocaine are essentially the same drug, just in different forms. So, if it took less crack cocaine to bring the same charge as powdered cocaine, that is inherently a inherently racist because of the fact that the crack cocaine was more prevalent in lower income neighborhoods where African American citizens lived. So, like... I, this is a long-standing issue with like systematic racism and the fact that prisons are profiting off of it and uh, police officers are able to boast numbers of arrests and almost uh, almost celebrate the amount of arrests they make over like through laws such as these uh, that's a real big problem I think yeah yeah you made a great point uh, I mean, there's actually a, a term for, um, I mean, what's happening uh, in our society, especially with the um, the youth. It's called uh, school to prison uh, pipeline. You know, just talking specifically about the younger demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they're being placed in juvenile for minor infractions, so students who suffer from poverty, broken families, they're being pushed out instead of being uh, given the help they need um, and especially this is a problem that uh, African-American females have because sometimes the teacher um, feel like they look more um, adult-like or mature mm-hmm. and it garners less sympathy for their uh, um, actions so this is like an inherent discrimination that yeah. they face so I mean yeah I mean I guess you can agree with me that the Black Lives Matter movement is fueled by police brutality and systematic oppression of African Americans, right? Yeah, yeah. And the going back to like <coughs> the destruction and the protests, I think if they if those things didn't happen, they would not be getting nearly the attention that the the movement deserves. And like it it became a really big thing during the 2016 elections. And it's still an important issue in the upcoming election about this systematic racism. And I think, yeah, it's it's really important to be solving these issues that fuel this movement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there are a lot of merits um, in, within the arguments of uh, the activists um, attached to this organization. But, uh, you know, now that we've kind of given background and context about the Black Lives Matter movement, um, 
now kind of um, switching gears a bit and talking about um, Michael Jackson. Um, you know, we all know, um, we've all listened to his songs. They're, they were progressive, socially impacted, and he was also a bit ahead of his time. You know, his song, They Don't Care About Us, released in 1995, attacked the issue of racism and social justice in America. Some of his lyrics in that song were, Tell me what has become of my life. I have a wife and two children who love me. I'm the victim of police brutality. Now, I'm tired of being the victim of hate. You are raping me of my pride. Oh, for God's sake, I look to heaven to fulfill its prophecy. Uh, Set me free. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, he clearly had an agenda with those lyrics. He was trying to send a message with this song. And uh, have you listened to this song before? Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm not very good. I'm not very good with memorizing uh, music, so I'll have to listen to the beat. But if it's Michael Jackson, I probably have. Yeah, man, I mean, he was uh, pretty... I mean, he's... I mean, Obviously, he's probably um, not. He wasn't that popular in, in our time, um, but in past generations, he's definitely huge. And about this song, just like a quick fact, uh, he was actually he actually re-recorded the song because um, I mean, one lyric he had, he had, he wrote, um, he sang "Sue Me." Um, that was in the re-recorded. In the previous version, he said "Jumi," so a lot of uh, a lot of you know controversy came out of that, and he re-recorded it. Just a quick fun fact about the song, but yeah, this song is internationally famous, and the key one important thing about this song is that he released a music video uh, for this song that had its setting placed in a prison, right? So. He obviously was trying to highlight an important issue ongoing in society regarding uh, black oppression. And I think the key takeaway I want the audience members to um, have from this podcast is that this song has regained prominence and meaning due to the Black Lives Matter movement. For example, protesters in New York in 2014 following the death of Eric Gardner sang this song in unison as they shut down West Side Highway. And this song created by Michael Jackson reflects the values of the Black Lives Matter movement very effectively because this song's tone expresses rage. He, he recorded this song after he was arrested and investigated by authorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think, do you, do you kind of see why Maybe this would be a song that would be used in a protest, a Black Lives Matter protest. Yeah, yeah, it makes uh, clear sense. Uh, his words are really powerful in the in the excerpt that you wrote, and I'm sure it becomes even more powerful when you sing in unison or uh, actually sing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what's and going on that? What's interesting? is that Michael Jackson has actually released another music video. And this wasn't in a prison, this its setting was in Brazil. And considering Brazil's population, um, the majority is uh, black, you know, that's just, um, that's just a clear clue that Michael Jackson's song has 
black nationalism ideals ingrained into it. Especially considering Brazil's history with slavery, it doesn't seem coincidental that that was that that country was randomly chosen to be the setting of uh, this music video. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, you know, so far, I mean, we've established what the Black Lives Matter movement is about. We've talked about Michael Jackson's song and how it's clearly, um, it's a clearly a perfect uh, fit for a choice of song and protests. And how it has black nationalism ideals ingrained to it, and that it was a song created specifically to bring awareness of police brutality and other issues. But one important thing to also talk about is Michael Jackson's image controversy during the time this music video was released. Uh, do you know much about that? Was this during the time where he got surgery? No, uh, it was, he was actually accused of child abuse. Oh, wow, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, it's interesting, um, but, you know, back then it was in tabloids and everywhere, and, uh, Mm -hmm. um, it definitely, uh, it definitely was something that, uh, big deal, and some people actually, uh, kind of pinpoint, uh, like, his death, due to these accusations uh, made toward him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you know, it should kind of be talked about is that how maybe these accusations uh, potentially prevented um, something similar to the Black Lives Matter movement starting 25 years um, earlier. You know, mm-hmm. something starting in Jackson's time. And what I mean by that is that this song actually didn't uh, trigger a huge response in America. Like, in every European country, this was in the top 10 list. Mm-hmm. But in America, it actually didn't fare that well. And a lot of radios refused to um, play it due to its controversial nature. And mm-hmm. yeah, the song's topic was controversial for sure. And that had to do with maybe it not being that much popular in America. But coupled with the fact that you know his character was under examination during this, mm-hmm. the time the song was released yeah. you know I'm I just feel like and this is a and this is a point that I really want to like emphasize is that perhaps you know the social movement that Jackson tried to plant in the, this country wasn't able to effectively grow because you're not really able to lead a movement you're not able to be the face of a movement if your character can be potentially smeared at any given moment you know what i mm-hmm. mean yeah uh the fact that having a face of a movement is hard to do like when you have someone so controversial like <clears throat> even martin luther king jr was had his own controversies when he was lit <coughs> leading the civil rights movement sorry uh but the fact the reason why i feel like Black Lives Matter is so strong in contemporary American society is because it is, it's, it has a face, yet it's faceless. Its faces are like the people who have died at the hands of police and people who have died, like, or who have collectively faced racism. And it's not just Michael Jackson or just Martin Luther King Jr. And that's 
that's really what has kept the momentum going. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, um... And kind of going on to that, um, kind of, uh... Kind of continuing talking about, uh... Michael Jackson, um, just kind of talking about what other people said about him. Kendrick, you know Kendrick Lamar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar in his song Mortal Man. I don't know if you heard about that song. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I mean, he talked about how some influential people in history were betrayed, and you know, Michael Jackson was one of them, you know, and I mean, obvious, like, we all know that Lamar loves Michael Jackson. I mean, he's talked about that a lot in interviews. And, you know, he he talks, um, and he kind of, you know, he it's, un, it's understandable why he's upset with the allegations, you know, mm-hmm. um, directed towards Jackson. Because when you taint Michael Jackson's character, you undermine his life work, you know, socially and musically. And, you know, Michael Jackson is responsible for a lot of change in our society. And, you know, it's just important to talk about had these allegations come forward much later in his career, who knows what have ha- happened uh, regarding the release of you know his song "They Don't Care About Us" and um, in in our country at that time, you know, would it have created, would it have garnered a different response where people have uh, looked at it more differently? What do you think? Um. Well, I think allegations now in society are a lot easier to make just because of how connected we are like with the internet and everything mm-hmm. uh, so I think there is always this grain of salt that you have to take uh, but I think the movement still would follow through even if even if the controversy surrounding Michael Jackson uh, affected him it doesn't take away from what's actually happen, happening in to uh, African Americans in society just because one person has allegations against them. <clears throat> if that makes sense. That's, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's a great point is that, you know, this is such a powerful movement. I mean, and it definitely has a lot of merit that, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, it wouldn't have made such a difference. Man. <laughs> But I think one thing is clear that I feel like Michael Jackson definitely maybe would have been viewed more favorably, like his legacy and history. Maybe maybe the history books would be talking, would give him more credit for the changes, the social progress that's happened in the African-American community if it hasn't been for these allegations. Maybe, I think... I think history would have been different and it would have been more um, more favorable and more um, less harsh towards Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely, but... Uh, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of artists, like uh, rappers and R&B artists who talk about their struggles with, uh, with uh, racism and prejudice, yeah. but really no one... No one as big as Michael Jackson was at his prime, really. Like, they, none of them could ever compare to Michael Jackson at his prime. And just how much power he had in his voice. Absolutely. And I think 
I think that it's a shame almost for those allegations but also like I don't know whether the allegations are true or not so I can't make any judgment over that you know what I mean yeah I know what I mean <clears throat> yeah well thanks Manuf for mm-hmm. I mean coming today I mean it was it was on it was a pleasure you know listening yeah. uh, to your thoughts on this matter and mm-hmm. uh, I think I And I would like to thank the audience members for tuning into this podcast. Thanks. Thank you guys.